first long distance film craft. Yeah, the first time we're going to get horses. Yeah. We've been trying to for a while, but it's just been tough scheduling it. My wife, here we are. My wife's sitting in the corner right now, and as soon as I said the first long distance film craft, she just looked at me and smiled. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> well, I can. You know what? I can't even tell if you're actually there because it's just like a beige room. So it really, you could just be like in a new place. Yeah, I guess like the. Yeah, that's true. The colors of these walls are the exact same as my old place, eh? Yeah, you could just still be at the house, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> could you imagine if I was messing with you? <laughs> I'm gonna go there right after we record. Be like, Matt. It's like a new family in there. Uh, but yes, I am officially in Ireland. Latif is in Vancouver, and we've been trying to make the long distance episode work for a while. So I'm glad we're here. And uh, what do we talked about this week, Latif? Um, well, I just shot a short film a couple of days ago, and uh, I was directing it, and it was my first time in a while actually working with actors and having to talk to them about. Um, you know, performance and characterization and all that stuff. Because, um, you know, for the past, like, four or five projects, I've been a DP on them. This is the first time in a while for directing. And it really changes, you know, your mindset on set. You have to be more focused on on what's actually happening in the frame, not just what the frame looks like. Um, so it's an extra added element that's actually really important when you're making a project so I thought that would be something good to talk about. Yeah, totally. Um, before we jump into that, just out of curiosity, how much did it impact you being cinematographer and director of the same thing? Did you find it was a lot? Did you find you had to only adjust a little bit? How was it? It's kind of the most important part of the process to me is doing the work beforehand. Um, I think on set, it's really just like tiny adjustments and, and just like uh, if you do all the work you need in the screenwriting process, I think as well, then by the time you get to set and shoot, it becomes very, um, becomes very simple. You don't have to do too much. Um, but if you don't take the writing process seriously and you just kind of blow through it, um, and then you don't really have this conversation with your actors, then I don't think it's going to work. So the, the, the planning when it comes to doing something like this, is the most important part. So, and when you're doing the the cinematographer director combo, did you find that you did you try and stick more to like static tripod shots so you could spend more time with your actors, or did you just still like running gun with them, like go handheld? Did you have a, a style that you went for with that? Uh, it was a mix of all of that actually, um, because there's so many different characters in the film. And in so many different scenarios, we had to set things up in a way that that worked for the film. I didn't want to just have like this whole film just sitting on a tripod, um, just so I could do both of those jobs. So I, I had like some some pretty complicated handheld movements, um, like the night sequence, for example, was this giant choreography that we needed it to take maybe. 15, 20 minutes just to block and then do like a rehearsal and then eventually we got it all exactly where we wanted and we shot it. So, And, and the problem with that scene was like 
there were cars driving and they needed to drive into exact position and actors need to come out and move around. And, um, eventually we, we got it where we wanted and we got two good takes of it. Um, but it was like not showing up on the day and being like, uh, you can go there. And how about, it was like, I, I knew the location. I've been there hundreds of times and I knew exactly where I wanted to place everything. So when we showed up, um, going through blocking is the most important thing. And I think when you do blocking with actors, it's not a rehearsal. Like you have to scan the lines. You're literally showing the actors where they need to move. So, you know, the car is here, you come around and stop over here. You crouch down and then the other actor shows up in his car. He comes out and walks around to the other actor and, you know, they have their, their thing. So like working these things out ahead of time and knowing what you want is going to make things so much easier um, when you actually shoot. But if you don't think about these things and you're directing and DP and, and you just kind of wing it, then like you're screwed. Like you're not going to make your days. You're not going to get the shots you want. Um, and even for me, like as, as much as I planned, the night stuff was the most difficult to do um, because we started at 3 p.m. that day um, so we could shoot later into the night. And our we were supposed to wrap at 1 p.m. And we had a child actress, so we got all our scenes done right around 1 and we got her out of there. And then with the other actors, we had to shoot all their coverage afterwards. So we couldn't shoot all the scenes kind of like in order. You know, you shoot a scene and you get all the coverage for that scene. We had to get all the child actors parts shot first, send her home, and then get the coverage for all the other characters. Um, so it was an interesting Did you use stand-ins? No, no, we didn't use stand-ins. Um, there was no kid there but the way I wanted to shoot we didn't really require it uh, oh that's good yeah. and and Tim was uh, uh, well if you listen to the podcast Tim Cakebread who was on a few episodes ago um, he came on to this one and he and he played this role I had written for the end of the script and you know we when uh, we only had one meeting about it but we had a, a you know a long chat about like what I was going for and some ideas and I sent him a, te a text or two about uh, maybe like how he should think about it and he showed up prepared um, and had like this really interesting way of going about it he had two two uh, set performances for that role and there were very slight variations between it and he delivered both of them like exactly um how they should have been. Like, I couldn't have asked for a better performance from Tim. It was, it was really nice. Um, and then my my job was to make sure to, sh you know, shoot it properly and make sure I, I did that performance justice. And um, I had that mapped out in my head, like, long before we I even cast that character. So it was just about getting that right person and putting them uh, in that role. And, and he really did, did a great job. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it, man. Uh, I guess let's jump into the main topic of working with actors. Uh, where do you want to start for that one? Well, I, I, the, the first part would be, uh, I think, casting the right person for the role and, and trying to figure out, uh, you know, like what you need um, from a character. Because if you 
you could get a really great actor and put them in the wrong part. Um, yeah, and, you know, it's it's like they they might not be right for it or it's not a role they want to do. Um, and there's a number of reasons something could go wrong there, but I think you have to you have to be prepared uh, in that process because if you don't get the right person, then on set there's almost nothing you can do. You'd have to stop shooting or just and recast what you got. Yeah. So right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start there then, because uh, I think it's a common question, like. People ask, like, how do you know you have the right person? And I have an answer to this, but I'll, I'll go second. So, like, for you, when do you know that that person is right for that character? Like, if you do, like, a regular casting pro- process, it'll just come, you know, very simply with how they approach the piece. Like, they might not get, like, every line, you know, you've written... Uh, exactly how you hear in your head or whatever but if they get the energy of the character and they have something you know in there like between um, like I, I did a read with the, the like a main actor and, and another actor for, for my project but seeing how they interact with someone and even how they talk when they're not um, you know acting just like see the conversation between them you can kind of see what the chemistry is going to be like and that's you know one good way to to cast someone is to do like a chemistry read and, and see if they get along. And but you know seeing if they get along is not always a, a good way to cast someone because they might both be great and and just like energetic and it's just like explosive on screen. But they might hate each other when they're not um, acting together. So um, I'd say it's a good way to test, but. Really, like you will really know when you're watching this person do the performance if they have what what you need for it. You know the way their eyes move and and the way like from the way they smile to the way their hands move and and all these little like characteristics are gonna help you know if this is the right person. And and when you're casting, it's about um, looking at this person as a whole and and seeing if this fits um, your description of this character. You know, can they embody it? Um, and and I, I guess in a way, do they look like the part? Um, and sometimes that doesn't always help um, because it, it could almost be more interesting to get someone who doesn't quite look like the part but who can really act. Um, and that's another thing is can the actor take direction? You need to... Um, and this is something I, I kind of missed when I was casting, um, but you need to try to really go in a different direction for casting. If you go one way, the next suggestion, go in a completely different direction and see what they give you. And if they give you the exact same performance, then it might be difficult to get a good performance out of them. Yeah. Uh, they have to be versatile. The same thing. Yeah. You'll, you'll, it's not that you'll get a bad performance, but you'll get the same thing over and over. And sometimes if you need something different, you've got to be able to, to really go there. Uh, but if you know if they're if you can see they're kind of trying to do something different, that's a good sign, um, even if it's not exactly what you're asking for. But if they don't even try at all, or if they don't quite understand it, um, I think there might be an issue there. But but it's just about communicating what you want properly. So um, getting actors who who 
aren't like set in one way and we're able to adapt and change and, and do something different is really important. Yeah, definitely. I remember when we were casting what we don't say. Do you remember when we had that casting session where the guy in the suit came in and I was like, Latif, this guy, like he really did a great job on his first audition. So this was the callbacks at this point. And we started doing some of that stuff of like, you know, try it this way. Okay, now try it that way. Try it that way. And he would be good trying the one variant and then anything else you asked him to do, he would just do the exact same thing as the first try. And you're like, okay, either I'm not on the same page as this person, so he can't take my direction and adapt to it, or he doesn't have that ability. And either way, it's probably not the best to cast that person, if that's the case. Yeah, it's going to be trouble. I think, I think with, uh, with actors, you, like, it, for me, like, I, looking outside of the performance sometimes is important too, because in casting, people are going to show up and try to present, like, the best version of themselves and just be, like, perfect. Um, and then when they're on set, they're not, like, that eager, or they don't have that kind of energy, or, like, whatever it might be, but you need to gauge that when you're sitting with this person and maybe talk to them a little. Um, I, I did casting for my child actor because I needed to because I'm not you don't know any child actors with like, <laughs> exactly I'm, all the other actors I cast are, are my peers or people I know so it's easy for me to reach out to them um, so with them the process for getting them into the role was actually sitting down and having a conversation with them or going out to get a coffee with them and then those conversations are, are just through text or or you know, giving them some ideas and seeing what they think. Um, you could gauge if they have the interest and if they kind of know what you're going for. So with every actor, I said, you know, this is the part. Um, and there, there were a few parts in the film that weren't like these developed, really deep characters. They were just characters that were kind of passing through the story that were very important to it. And because, you know, these characters didn't stay long in the, in the film, they still needed to have enough weight that we would believe them. So every all the actors for those roles needed to bring kind of a humanity to them and bring a, bring a, a life to them, you know? Bring something behind their eyes. Really make it feel real. Yes, not just like you grab some guy off the street and you input him into this role because you need a human, <laughs> a human body. <laughs> It's almost like you put a cadaver cadaver up on screen and you've got strings and you're like, act puppet. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm looking for. So even for the roles that weren't like, you know, deep character developments, there were still people that have written, people that I see in my head. So I needed to bring people that I, that I know could bring some life into it and give those roles to them. And with those roles, I didn't talk too much about, you know, what I was looking for. I just wrote it as, as best I could. And then all the characters of that person would come out in the performance um, and, and make those people real. And it's about trusting the people, um, trusting the actors at that point, and knowing that they will they come prepared and, and, and give it their all, even though it's not like this, this big monologue or this, this character that's, that's super rich. Um, but there is something fun about showing up and, and just doing that because there's something for those characters to do at least it wasn't like hey you're just standing there yeah you know i need you to be this uh you know stop 
guard with like a stop sign and that's your role and all you're gonna do is this <laughs> um flip the sign and they're like that sounds super dumb why would you need me for that um these these characters still had um a lot that they needed to do they had to bring a certain energy there's a lot of movement required um uh, so it's like making sure when you come come to an actor with a role for example that you've prepared it in a way that it's exciting for them to want to try at least you haven't just given them like you know cashier or something and there's like very <laughs> very little lines or anything it's something that there's there's something to work with at least um, and that's important yeah for sure um let's talk a little bit about that child casting process because i know you're not a fan generally of hearing actors read lines as an audition but i'm guessing for this kid you probably had to do that right so what was that like yeah uh with i i feel like behind the scenes like the parents of the kids really make a big difference because they probably Mm. you know get the script a little better or understand what's going on more clearly um and, and have a better grasp of emotionally what's required so they might because i got a bunch of self tapes for the first um round of auditions and some of them were just like it was like reading lines off a chalkboard it's like (laughs) and then for some of the kids like they had props and they were like really going for it and it was like you know you could tell the the parents on the other side of the camera really like trying to get get their kid to to do something Uh, so one one part it was you know getting the right kid but also finding because the parent is going to be with the kid on set for every day. It was finding yeah. a parent that was like enthusiastic about it and encouraged, you know, their kid to come and do this performance because it would be something good for them to try. Um, so in a way I was casting for the child and the parent <laughs> more for the child, but you know, I, I didn't want to get like a, a great child actor and a very difficult foreboding parent. Like the, yeah, this child actor's parent was, very like um aware of her kid and trying to make sure she was comfortable and safe but at the same time was completely hands-off in terms of letting her do her thing and, and just work with the other actors um so with the child actor it was just about uh again like finding someone who um you know could pull it off because um the person that i cast uh you know the the tape she sent was like pretty good, and then in person she just had way more charisma and energy. Um, and then on set, by the time we got to the end of the shoot, she was just like seasoned. It felt like she just knew exactly what she needed. Um, and there's only one day where she was like just tired at the end of the day, but the other day she just like blew through everything. Um, so like. casting someone that is like kind of interested but like also like half absent um in the audition process is important because you'll kind of see it when you're looking at the kid sometimes the kids are like focused and they're like they're sitting up straight and they're like they really want to do the best they can and then there's some kids who are just kind of like floating around and then you're like action and they have to deliver the lines but they're just like this adorable super cute kid (laughs) and that's kind of like their their power but other than that they're not very focused so you need to have that focus with a mixture of like you know is this the right kid um you know they have that kind of sweet quality to 
to a child that you want, but are they absent-minded or are they more focused? So you want someone that's more focused, but not like too focused, because <laughs> you still want them to be a kid. Um, you don't want you don't want a small adult, which would be very strange to watch. It'd be creepy. Very. Creepy. <laughs> uh, so let's move to working on set what was it like working well i guess start with the kid what was it like working with the kid on set working with the kid was like just about keeping keeping them focused i think especially with all the people on set it's very easy to just become like what's that what are you doing and get excited about all the little things in production the spectacle of it all yeah, so I had to play like a, a kind of different role because because I'm doing so much on set anyways. I need to always, you know, be working so I couldn't like chat with people too much. So when it came around to like getting that getting them on set and in positions, I had to be a little more like, all right, it's time to go. Let's go do this, um, and be a little more stern, which would get her like, okay, it's time to shoot, and then she would get in position and we'd go and shoot. Um, but I was okay with doing that because she had enough people around that were more like playful and happy and all that other stuff. And then I just became kind of like the teacher and showed up and be like, get in your seats. And everyone would get in their seats. But, you know, she she could see by example that when I was like, hey, Derek, uh, let's get you in position one. And then all this stuff. And Derek would, you know, do do anything I needed that she would mimic that and be like, okay, I'll do, I'll do whatever the director needs. Um, and she took direction very well. And, you know, when we did adjustments to blocking or anything, she was almost like a step ahead of me and be like, oh, you want me to do that? And it's like, yeah, okay, perfect, got it. Uh, so, you know, getting someone who, who's who got the energy and, and kind of, you know, but that I don't know if that's something that you can see ahead of time. Because, um, you know, I'm just looking for someone who, who I think could do it. And then when they have all these extra skills that you never you know you never thought they would show up with it's kind of like uh almost like a gift you know you get the right person and and just try to gauge gauge what what will work um uh and then they show up and they and they bring you even more and that's that's just like i guess the best thing to do is take take your time in casting and and not just get excited by like one thing and be like yeah you got it and then they're a nightmare um you want to like go slow, look at everyone, and and be very sure about the person that you get. Because I I had to like, you know, talk to the producer and be like, listen, it's between this person and this person, and we had this long conversation, and I thought about it for like three days, and eventually I made my choice. Um, but you know, you can't you can't plan for everything. I guess some of it is a bit of luck too. Yeah, totally. And how did it differ? giving like physically directing her in her performance saying like you know instead of being happy or sad that kind of thing like did you find you had to adjust the way you gave feedback no i think you have to make it as simple as that especially with someone that young they're they're you know they're very smart they're very intelligent but when it comes to like talking about emotions and stuff you you don't want to get too complicated um but you know i think even with adults you don't want to get too complicated so, you know, working with a kid, it's like, okay, so this is a scene. And, you know, you wouldn't normally talk to actors like this, but, you know, working with a child actor, you want to make it very simple. So it'd be, this is a very, 
you know, sad scene, something bad has happened, and you know, bring it down a little bit, and uh, and we'll we'll take your time and, and go into it that way. And so, you know, like really finding simple language and very mm-hmm. easy ways for her to get an idea of what's going on, and then taking a moment, get everyone quiet. Um, you know, a nice thing to do is after you slate it and before you say action, you know, wait an extra five seconds. So everything just kind of goes quiet. And if the kid's got like that energy before we start shooting, that extra time will get her to just come back down. And then when you say action, then they're ready to go. So like working with them is like, I think just creating enough time for them to get there um, and making sure the environment around them is not too distracting. Uh, So, that that's like one tip is like taking the time before you say action to let them like come back down to where they need to be um and just using simple language when it comes to like what what you need from them um because if i showed up and was like all right this scene is you know it's very complex like in your mind this is going on but outside you're trying not to show that but you know you want to trick this guy so you know so don't play it too dumb and she'll be like what do you want from me like, even I would get confused by that. So, you know, you kind of want to pull it back and not, and not go too heady. If you simplify it and give them, like, one emotion to kind of latch onto, um, it will come through. I think um, with, you know, more experienced actors, they will do that work before. Um, and sometimes you're just changing, like, slight things in in wording and and anything to really get it and with a child actor I think you need to kind of in a way kind of treat them like they are a very seasoned actor and and show up with very simple minor adjustments Um, I I, I can't quite think of a situation where you would ever show up to any actor and just give them this this giant list of things that you're, you're needing at for the performance on yeah, it's too much to digest yeah so I, I think simplify use um sometimes visual and simple language that that they can attach on to um and that makes sense to them and if you're able to do that very clearly and, and concisely then i think you'll start to get closer to what you're looking for from them yeah and then in terms of working with the adult actors, how did you approach it for this one? Pretty much the same as the child actor? Um, yeah, with the adult actors, they were all really on point. I, I, I don't think there were any weak links. Um, and, and that was just like getting the right person for the job. So when it comes to uh, you know giving these actors adjustments on set, the, you know, the most... Most I did was just give like, you know, adjustments on on like how to how like how the energy should be in like one line or something like that, um, you know, just because it that that one line had a certain kind of thing behind it or whatever. So it was like really really minor adjustments. And then the most adjusting I did with every actor was blocking, just to get the blocking exactly where it needed to be and I, I don't mean like the big blocking I mean like just like micro things like um, it, a lot of it would be for camera like when you do this like 
because uh, a lot of the actors had really great hand movements and interesting things that they chose to do, and I wanted to see on the camera, and so I'd just be like, just bring your hand up a little higher so we can see it, because um, I thought that was interesting. Um, but it, it was just uh, movement stuff more than anything. Um, Performance-wise, like they, they all kind of really knew what they were doing. Um, but, you know, like, it, it was those, again, like, those roles that I didn't do, like, this huge backstory on, they're just characters that are passing through the story, so I didn't feel like I needed to really go crazy, like, you know, your character is this, and it, it would, at most it would be, like, you know, before this happened, your character was, like, doing this, and that's as much as I would give them, and I think they would do everything else from there. Well, I guess that's why they say 80% of directing is casting. They say that? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a big. Uh, I think it's a big part of that process, but there there are definitely a lot of things that directors need to do as well, um, as opposed to casting. I think they have to <laughs> know about like locations. They need to learn about camera stuff. You you don't need to learn about camera stuff, but you need to know what you want. Yeah, my my other thing um, was that we with with these actors we had like a stunt sequence. So I think when you're doing something like that with actors, it's very very complicated. Um, and because you know in in the screen you write the stunt sequence, and then when it comes time time to do it, there's so much you have to do. So and that's another thing. Like we didn't have stunt actors or anything. There's just people that were actors, and we needed to get them to do stunts. So I had to get a stunt coordinator and we had to like do uh, a practice with them. And, but as a director, you have final say on, on what you want. So when there would be like, you know, the actors are doing throwing punches and stuff, I'm like, no, 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 no punches. I don't want it to be that kind of a fight. Uh, like in my head, these people are not fighters. They don't know how to do that. Um, they might have some sort of training or or self-defense training or something, and they might be able to pull on that. But I don't want it to look like these normal people just became boxers. That, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, so in the script, I wrote it very specifically in a certain way that made sense to me. And when you work with the actors and you're doing stunts, um, you want to make sure you're doing them all safely. But then you want to also make sure what you're doing looks believable. Um, so I was finding that really, really tight balance of making it work and making it achievable um so with the actors it was like hour and a half two hour practice and that was all we had before we went to picture so during that time like i was very very adamant about getting these certain parts that i I needed and then eventually we came came to something that worked um but sometimes because I'm not doing this since I'm watching it. Sometimes I would have to ask them, what feels natural to you? Like, what would you want to do when you're there? And they would start changing their blocking and their movements slightly to what they felt worked in that moment. So asking them what they felt more natural about would always lead to, like, the best performance. Um, And even stunts aside when you're doing... Yes, you want to block things the way you want for for actors, but sometimes when you ask them, what would you do? Like, what do you feel is the most natural thing? And they would do something, and it's almost exactly 
what feels right. Um, and sometimes it's exactly what you want. It's almost like they're in sync with you. But sometimes they do something much better um, and much more believable, and that's the thing to go with. So um, being open to suggestions them and having that conversation with them is really important. I think if you show up and you kind of treat your actors like chess pieces and you just kind of place them everywhere and you move them when you want to, <laughs> um, it kind of creates a very weird performance on set. Um, you know, for, for complicated camera movements and stuff like that, you do have to get certain things exactly where you want. But I, I do believe, like, there are moments where you need to let the actor move around in the frame and do their thing instead of get being so like, you got to stand here. And if you don't stand here, you're, you're not going to be in focus or the camera movement is going to be completely garbage. Um, and in reality, people don't just stand around in the world. Everyone's always moving. So yeah, I think you've got to create that opportunity for the actors to be more physical as well um, and not just like have them standing in one place in every scene in your movie. It would just be really weird to watch. Unless that was designed. But if you're not doing that intentionally, it just kind of happens in your film, then you might have to think then it's about weird. doing more blocking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I mean, is there any other points that you wanted to touch on in terms of working with actors? Um, yeah, like, you know, knowing a little little bit about, you know, the language they use and, and um, you know, how to communicate with them in a way that makes sense to them because uh, like I think the slight variation with the child actor thing is you go to the child actor and you might say you know this is a very sad scene you're unhappy um, something bad has happened and they and they get that but what but with because um, uh, that's an emotional thing that they can kind of latch on to but with an older actor um, who's more experienced or who's got you know more of a uh, background in acting um, you'd want to give them things that they that makes sense to them because if you just say you know this is this is a um, a happy scene so it just needs to be more happy um, happy is different to everyone it's subjective you know when I'm really happy I you know I might just get kind of quiet but you know, at, at peace with myself, and that's my happy. For for other people, happy might be they're just smiling and they're running around the room and chatting it up with everyone, um, or they're skipping. They're like who knows? Like happy could be different for everyone. So if you use a blanket blanket thing like happy and throw that at someone um, who's older, it might be different. Because um, with a child actor, they know what happy is to them, so they'll they'll do their happy, and at least that's a version of what you're looking for. But with an adult. Um, they're not just going to do what they do. They're going to bring character to it that um, they might see from somewhere else or they might um, think is interesting. So if you talk to the actor and you're like, you know, I need you to, you know, you give them a goal for that scene. I need you by the end of the scene to make this person turn turn around on you, turn, turn their back on you. Um, it really gives them something to achieve by the end of that scene and even if they don't get it they've all the work that they're doing to get there is going to be very interesting to watch um, or, or something like um, an actionable verb that they can play off of 
Um, I remember one one specifically that I was giving was on one line. I said, that, you know, for that one line, you you've got to give it to her like a command, command her to do this thing. Um, and he was like, oh, okay, I get it. And and that became very easy to do because um, we know how to do certain things when they're actionable. But when you just um, use kind of more theoretical terms and and have that with an actor, it's like. I know what you want, maybe, but I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so I think breaking it down and giving it giving it more of a, a direct um, uh, a direct adjustment will make it easier for them to play. Um, but hopefully, you don't have to do like too much of that, anyways, because um, if you've you know done the right job and and done all the prep work and, and written it well, then the actors kind of know what you want in the lines. Like they can read the script and be like, okay. And, and it's just, you know, good from there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that says it all pretty much. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, I, I, I still think I've, I've, I have a lot of, you know, this is only my second short film, my second narrative short film that I've directed. A lot of the work was done in the writing process. Like, I, I did multiple rewrites of this script. Um, and it's only a 20-page script, but I, I went over it so many times and adjusted lines and, and all these things um, until I got to as close as the, the thing that I, I wanted and pictured in my head. But even on set when I would hear a line from an actor, I would be like, um, take this word out or, or just say it this way um, and remove that line. And they would, you know, they'd, I'd throw some lines out or add some just to, just to fill it out or, or pull it back more. Um, so in the writing process, I think so much of that happens. So it's really important to take the time and write it properly. Um, but... I, I did a little bit of improv with these actors, but not a lot. A lot of it was very close to the, the script, and it was important for me to, to do that because I wanted to I wanted to get from that writing process as close as I, I saw it to um, to what it was on set um, to know that what I was doing was something that I believed could be executed. Um, and I, you know, I don't necessarily feel like that. Like, cages the whole thing. I, I think when you do, when you write it really concisely and, and you have a clear vision for it, it can actually um, create something very uh, directed. You know, it's got a very clear thing you're going for, and that was my thing. Um, but I did do some improv and did do a little bit of playing around with them and got some good stuff from that too, but um, not a lot. And that was just something, like, you didn't want to inject that much improv into it. You wanted to stick closer to the script kind of thing? Yeah, because even on the scenes we, we would do improv, it wasn't like, all right, improv, and then action. It was, they would go through the scene, and by the end of the scene, I would let the camera roll a little longer. Hmm. And then that's, they'd kind of be like, why is he saying cut? And then in their heads, they'd be like, oh, he's just, he's just going, he's letting us. And then they would start talking and just add a little extra beats and you know a lot of that stuff I'm, I'm not going to use at all but there's like little moments and bits in that that I think will 
would be really nice. So that's kind of my way of improv. It, I, like I won't be like improv and, and throw the actors into this into this like cage, and then they have to like fight their way out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not. I, I enjoy improv, but I think it's kind of a scary beast when you when you don't know how to tame it. That's totally fair. Totally fair. All right. Well, yeah. This has been the yeah. working with actors episode. Do you have a title for your movie yet, or it, that you're ready to announce? If you're not ready, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. the The title is called Crazy for You. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you have a, an estimated time on when people can see it? Or are you going to try and do the festival route? What are you thinking? Um, I, I'm going to wait a week at least, or a week and a half, till I start even editing the footage. Because, mm. um, like, I looked, I've seen, like, everything. I've looked at every shot already. Um, so I know what the film kind of looks like, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with everything I've seen. But... Um, I think the editing process for this one is going to be pretty intensive because there's just a lot that I need to get really tight. But um, hopefully by the end of August, I'll, I'll be done with this. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, yeah, we'll keep all the listeners oh. updated on that as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And until next time, this Filmcraft, I'm Matt Ralston. Who are you, Latif? I'm Latif. <laughs> And yeah, we'll see you next week.